Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, folks. Ken Rashad, HBCU Sports. That's right. We've got video now as a part of our multimedia platform. So if you would... Feel free to take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel, as well as to follow us on Facebook at Real HBCU Sports, on Twitter at HBCU Sports, and on Instagram at HBCU underscore sports. So I'm guessing you've heard the news by now. The Florida A&M Rattlers are the newest member of the Southwestern Athletic Conference effective 2021. And I had an opportunity to speak earlier with Southwestern Athletic Conference Commissioner Dr. Charles McClellan and he gave me some details as to all as to how this all worked out and even provided an update on the COVID-19 situation and how it might impact the student athletes. Dr. McClellan, thank you for taking a few minutes to talk with me, sir. Um, I, I guess right off the box, the, the, the first question I'm going to want to ask is how this all came about and, and exactly what or how did FAMU's quest uh, to enter the SWAC begin? Well, you know, it, it'll be tough for me to uh, answer that question as to how it began. I can tell you at least how it started on our radar screen. There were a lot of backdoor communications uh, from FAMU officials to a lot of the SWAC officials, some of our Council of Presidents. Uh, and I got wind that there might be interest from FAMU sometime in the February timeframe, but not a whole lot of discussion. I had an opportunity to have a conversation with VP Gaucher. I guess that was probably in March, April timeframe, right around when the, when the pandemic hit, really asking questions about uh, just whether or not the SWAC would be interested in FAMU. And obviously, as you can imagine, uh, any conference would be interested in Florida a and University, given their rich history, pageantry, uh, and all that they bring to the table. It was, you know, similarly exciting on our end just to hear it, but I was always somewhat skeptical, Ken, to be very honest with you. Mm. Talking about institutions such as Florida a and they were really just exploring their options. You know, as time went on, they asked for information, we gave them information. And to be very honest with you, I was not sure that they were going to join the Southwestern Athletic Conference till about 1225 Central Standard Time on June 4th, <laughs> uh, which is when they actually took the wow. vote. So, wow. you know, it was touch and go. They did a very good job of doing their due diligence. It was a lot of uh, secrecy on their side, rightfully so. They did not want to have the outside pressures influencing their decision-making 
process. So I got opportunity to talk to Colonel Gregory Clark, the national alumni president. I got opportunity uh, to speak to some of the leaders of Florida A&M University late in the process, really just solidifying where SWAC was and what we were going to be able to do from a standpoint of welcoming them into our SWAC family. So it kind of happened pretty quickly. But I have to ha say hats off to Florida A&M, VP Gaucher, President Robinson, uh, and FAMU Board of Trustees. They really took the initiative, did their homework, did their due diligence. It was easier on our end. We simply right. just said, you know, how can you turn down on Florida A&M? Right. Right. So, so, so the board of trustees at Florida A&M, uh, they vote and, and they're, they're all for the move. So obviously there is a procedure on your end that uh, you obviously have to consult with the presidents. And obviously from what I read in the release, the vote was unanimous, but in the, in the process of discussing this, this particular measure, were there any concerns that any of the presidents, uh, you know, were there any primary concerns that were of issue that uh, that you felt that, that needed to be kind of uh, discussed in detail? Zero. Unanimous. Uh, yeah. It was probably the easiest proposal that I have put through in my 20-year uh, athletics career, to be very honest with you, Ken. I think everybody understood the value uh, that Florida A&M would bring to the Southwestern Athletic Conference. I think the majority of the conversation was, is this really going to happen again? I think they were probably as nervous as I, uh, given all that needs to line up in order for something like this to happen. I think one of the only things that we talked about as a conference uh, was scheduling uh, to ensure that, you know, Texas doesn't have to go to Alabama and Florida too much and Florida doesn't have to go to you know, Texas too often. So, and Alabama for that matter, um, having to go to Texas too often. You know, that's always been a part of our scheduling philosophy. So we talked about some models uh, that will allow us to keep traveling in distance uh, in proportion, not just for Florida A&M, because that was one of their concerns, but quite frankly, you know, our Texas schools, uh, it's pretty far from Huntsville, Alabama. Right. Montgomery and part of our strength in my opinion has been the geographical footprint so we wanted to make sure that we did not put additional strain on our memory institutions for having that additional travel but you know when you really look at Florida A&M and Houston you're talking about an eight and a half hour drive is actually mm -hmm. shorter to go to Tallahassee, Florida than it is to go to Huntsville, Alabama, or even right. Montgomery, Alabama. Right, right. So obviously with the addition of Florida A&M, this makes the SWAC an 11-team league. Uh, and uh, the obvious question uh, obviously is, you know, are we possibly looking at a 12-team? And if not, uh, how do we pivot with 11, league, uh, 11 teams in a league which in which we currently have a divisional format? I'm guessing that these are probably some some questions that are currently being evaluated right that is absolutely correct and if you have to have a problem uh that's a good problem to have right how do you figure out how to bring florida a&m into your fold uh I, I will answer your first question by saying our focus and i've said this on your platform and other platforms that we wanted to concentrate on getting swag house in order we mm -hmm. wanted to make sure that we had the finances in order we turn up 100 years old this year, celebrating our 100th anniversary. So we wanted to kick that off with the purchasing 
of our new SWAC headquarters. We were able to do that, a, a, an outstanding building in the Holland area right outside of downtown Birmingham. Uh, some here say hot rent district. So we want to make sure that we do everything of quality and everything first class. You know, we are signing deals. We had a Tiffany deal, Tiffany trophies for our student athletes. So we wanted to be first class across the board. And quite honestly, that was what we were focusing on, building our brand, building our alumni base to be able to be excited about what we're doing. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Having recruits to be able to see the things that we're doing in order for our programs to be able to recruit them. Recruiting cities to be able to invest into our championship so we could turn that around and have, you know, quality championships for our student athletes. And then somewhere in the middle of that, uh, Florida A&M comes knocking at your door, right? So right. you have to respond when opportunity knocks. I go through that entire uh, process to say we don't have to expand and we're not looking to expand just for the sake of expanding. It has to be the right fit academically, athletically, and socially. Uh, it has to bring all of the qualities that uh, Southwestern Athletic Conference is looking for. And I will say this very clearly. We want a program, a school, to come to the SWAC that wants to be in the SWAC. So we're not in a position to go out to start seeking individuals to join the Southwestern Athletic Conference. We all know we're a division. Uh, made up of five in the east and five in the west. Uh, right. Florida AM is coming in. They, quite frankly, uh, will be in the east. That makes it unbalanced. Will a 12th team balance it out? Absolutely, yes. Uh, we're going to go get a 12th team just for the sake of having 12? Absolutely not. There are some models out there that we've been looking at. Uh, I'll give you a shout out. i give a shout out to some of your posters. I know you had a a long post about what that possibly could look like in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And quite frankly, 
some of the ideas that were uh, posted, some of the models that we're running. Uh, you look at the Big 12 model uh, right. for football, uh, I think that that is probably right now one of the things that are gaining the most attention from us. So you still can maintain divisional format without having division. Divisions, right. um, so what does that mean? So if FAMU is coming into the Eastern Division, they clearly would play Alabama A&M every year, Alabama State every year. They would play Alcorn every year. They would play Jackson every year. And they would play Mississippi Valley every year. And then under our eight-game format, that just means that they would have three crossover games into Right. the Western Division, just using Florida a and as an example. And then you take the top two teams and you create your SWAC championship. So um, I know some say, well, you could have a repeat championship. Absolutely, yes. But we've right. had repeat championships uh, under, our, under our current format. The other is, well, you could have two Eastern Division teams or two Western Division teams playing for the championship. That is correct as well, but could you imagine a Jackson State Alcorn championship game or a Southern Grambling championship game on the campus of Grambling or the campus of Southern? So, again, we want to create the maximum excitement for our conference. We're going to take a look at everything. We've looked at uh, floating divisions, you know, six in the East in 2021 and six in the West in 2022. Uh, we've looked at those models. There are a couple of other models out there that we're going to look at. Again, if there's a 12th team that comes into play, uh, obviously you would have to shift someone from the Eastern Division to the Western Division permanently. Which team is that going to be? We're going to have to look at that. There's a lot of modeling that goes with it. We're going to have the football coaches to chime in, athletic directors to chime in, uh, presidents, senior women's administrators to chime in all constituents will be able to chime in, including the fans. And I think this is why your platform is so important. We're going to listen. I've said this from day one. We want to hear what the membership has to say, and that includes our fans. They are a strategic, integral part of what we do. So we are listening. Uh, not to say that uh, we're not going to do some things you don't disagree. And I tell this all the time, Ken. I made some decisions that I don't disagree with. I mean, that I don't agree with. I've come back and said, man, it was a stupid decision. But I think ultimately what we do is we listen to constructive criticism. We put it into that model. We put it into the fold. And then we're able to react to it. And that was, will make a strong conference. So I say uh, we have a lot of work to do, but it's good work. Some would say, well, shouldn't you have all of this solidified before they came. We had a lot of modeling done. We've looked at expansion just as a strategic planning process. What happens if you have 11? What happens if you have 12? Right. But I am of the firm believer, I do not put the cart before the horse and I do not count my chickens before the eggs hatched. We needed to have that 11th team in, which is Florida A&M. And now we'll put those plans in, in super fast mode. And again, we'll share them with public before they are voted upon by our council of presidents. So everybody will have a, a, a opportunity to chime in. Um, so, so with that said, I think it's safe to say that regardless of the format, whether it be the floating division, whether it be just the standard 11 team league, and you come up with some sort of a scheduling formula, I, 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 it is safe to, to, to confirm that the SWAC championship football game is here to stay. Is that correct? 
the SWAG championship game is here to stay. And, and I will tell you this, that game, and, and you know the history of it being in Houston, starting in Birmingham, going in Houston, and some of the financial challenges we had, coming back to Birmingham, you know, having issues with playing at Legion's Field and having to make the impromptu decision to move it on campus. You know, God works in mysterious ways. And I made everybody say, you always throw God out there. I am a religious uh, person. Indeed. It was divine intervention that we moved that game on the campus of Alcorn State. That has literally, Ken, thrusted our ability from a branding standpoint to be able to go national. To be one of the championship games on ESPN on that championship Saturday. Uh, two years ago, we were two or 3,000 fans shy of outdrawing the Pac-12. Yeah, for that game to that. be able to extend uh, our teams to go to the Celebration Bowl, it just added an additional layer. And quite frankly, you know, our decision to say we're going to let the home institution keep the revenue, you know, that was a game changer. Yeah. There are going to be some coaches that are going to have different conversations with their athletics director. You're talking let, – and let's just say hypothetically Jackson State. And I'm saying Jackson because they have the largest stadium. 65,000 people on an average ticket price of $30. You know, you don't have to be a mathematician to know Jackson will make a lot of money. Right. Uh, that changes the game. That changed the game when Florida A&M was looking at our model. So you're trying to tell me that we can host the championship game and we can keep the revenue from the championship game? Absolutely. So I don't think the championship game is going to go away. As a matter of fact, I think you're going to see it continue to get stronger and bigger, and it is actually a really large carrot uh, for Florida and him looking at the Southwestern. <laughs> I, I, I can only imagine. So, and again, I know th this question probably slightly unfair, but I, I am interested to kind of get your thoughts on this because uh, obviously I don't envy the MEAC being in the position that it's in, having lost Hampton, having lost North Carolina A&T, and now losing FAMU. Uh, what are your thoughts about the, the, again, I know this is not your primary responsibility, but what are your thoughts about what that, the situation there? And, and I guess I also would like to know, uh, might this have any kind of impact, if any, on the, on the future of the Celebration Bowl? Well, you know, great question. And I, was, I will answer that question by starting off to say, as much exhilaration I had of bringing FAMU in, I had equal level of disappointment knowing that they were coming from the MEAC. I have nothing but the ultimate level of respect for Commissioner Thomas. Uh, he accepted me in as the commissioner's role. He's extended his hand. He's been a mentor to me uh, ever since I have become a commissioner of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And we've enjoyed a very close working relationship. So I did not get any uh, pleasure by seeing FAMU coming from the MEAC in that regard because I knew that I was taking uh, a, a posture from a standpoint of FAMU is leaving the MEAC coming to the SWAC. Yeah. That's going to hurt the MEAC. So, you know, that, that was a struggle for me. With that being said, uh, with him being, you know, a mentor of mine, I have 100% confidence that Dr. Thomas uh, will have the MEAC in the exact same position that it is, a strong, vibrant football conference. He knows what he's doing. 
He has well over four decades in the business. Uh, he has relationships. The Celebration Bowl isn't going anywhere. The MEAC Swag Challenge isn't going anywhere. And I am extremely confident that the MEAC isn't going anywhere. We all have to reshape and retool, unfortunately, for the MEAC. They've lost schools. Uh, but I know he has a strategic plan, and I know that plan is being put in action, and I have all the confidence in the world that the MEAC will continue to be as strong as it has been in all of these uh, multiple decades of operation, and we will continue to grow together. And I think the only thing that this move from FAMU coming from the MEAC to the SWAC will do is just enhance the rivalry of SWAC and MEAC. Okay. Well, that's 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 good to know, and I and I can only like I said, I don't envy uh, the 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 MEAC and and what they're going through. But uh, as you as you alluded, uh, Dr. Thomas uh, will likely do well with, with the MEAC. Uh, I, while I've got you, and just just a couple of more questions. Uh, obviously, despite the big news, we're still currently in, in the midst of a pandemic, and I do want to take just a quick moment to kind of get a feel for what the 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 current position of the SWAC is. Uh, or the plan with respect to COVID-19 testing and student athletes as we uh, approach the fall semester? Well, whatever we do, the health and safety and welfare of our student athletes, coaches, fans, administrators, and workers, and everybody that will come to the game will be of the utmost importance. They will be the number one priority of any and everything we do. Uh, the first thing that we've done, we've created a COVID-19 advisory panel within the Southwestern Athletic Conference. I think now that number is up to 42. It's healthcare providers, healthcare professionals, uh, healthcare people on campus, trainers, uh, managers, administrators, faculty, athletic directors, senior women's administrators, coaches. We have the entire gamut on creating our COVID-19 plan on starting and finishing, you know, locker rooms, social distancing, washing, sanitizing, start to finish. We're also working with Dr. Brian Hayline with the NCAA, the chief medical officer for the NCAA. He's tied into the CDC with the United States uh, government. So we have all of these entities. And the one thing that I have been extremely pleased with, we have a council called CCA, the Collegiate Commissioners Association. We've been getting together in different forms. So you have the FCS group, which are the 12 FCS conferences. You have the CCA 22 group, which are the FCS conferences, and then the group that doesn't have football. And then you have the full CCA, which includes the Autonomy Five and the Group of Five. So we have series of meetings all week, and we have talked nothing other than COVID-19. So we're sharing plans, we're sharing statements, we're sharing medical data, and we're all in this together. And that's the one thing that I can say, it has been an extremely co collaborative process from a commissioner's standpoint in sharing that information, tying in what the NCA is getting, what the national government is giving, and then what our committee is gonna come in and tie in. We're gonna have a pretty solid plan. Uh, will it be a fail-proof plan? I doubt it. Will somebody test positive for COVID-19? Absolutely, yes. But the plan will be, you know, to take that entity, whether it's a student athlete, worker, fan, and then implement that plan. Does that mean that we're going to start the season on time? I don't know. Uh, does it mean that uh, if somebody tests positive, we're going to have to stop the season? I don't know. 
that's what we're game planning out. The one thing that I do know with all certainty, we are moving forward with our plans to start the season Labor Day weekend. If okay. that means that that has to be pushed back, it's, it will be pushed back. We've modeled several things, uh, Ken. We've started with a Labor Day kickoff uh, for football, volleyball at their regular season, soccer. And the NCAA actually has some legislation out there as well that could delay the start and push it back a week or two to allow student athletes time to come in and train because they've missed spring and they've missed summer. So, again, keep in mind this thing is fluid. But we have plans going all the way out into the third week in October for us to be able to start our season and finish it with a championship game and a celebration bowl. That is our drop dead date, third week in October. If we don't start by the third week in October, then we'll have to look at the possibility of playing in the spring because that is on the table. I think that's a last resort. Um, you know, listening to the national landscape and the commissioners, I don't see a whole lot of support for spring football, but if you can't play in the fall, I guarantee you spring will start to be more of a topic of conversation. There could be a situation where you start, stop, and have to start again. Mm. We don't know. But we're game planning all of this out, and the only entity that knows what we're going to do realistically is COVID-19, and hopefully we can find a cure uh, and a vaccination for it. And or maybe it'll get so hot in the United States of America, no virus can survive. <laughs> Going back to that divine intervention, we're all right, right, right. So, so with, with the understanding, with the understanding that this is a obviously a fluid situation, and there there are obviously a lot of unknowns out there. Do you at least, or can you at least provide some some details on the possibility of in stadium fan capacity, or or if if fans might be able to attend games? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Wait a minute. I think I think ultimately what you're going to see uh, is our social distance plan, looking at the capacity of the stadiums, and then narrowing that down to six feet apart. How do you do that going into the stadium? I think you're going to start to see plans to say we're going away from tickets. Everything is going to be on your phone, right? We're going away from cash. There's going to be a lot of changes. But I think it's going to be uh, fans in the stands. You're going to have to come in with your mask. You're going to have to come in right. with your gloves. You're going to have to sit six feet apart. We're going to limit fan base. We're going to have sanitizing stations. We're going to have areas of isolation. We're going to check temperature. We're going to do all of that. But as you know, you could have a false positive. You could right. have an asymptomatic person. So, you know, all of those things are being talked about in game plan now. We're going to have to test student athletes. When do we test them? How do we test them? What do we do? All of those things are being worked out now. Uh, but I do anticipate fans being in the stands. I know several schools have already started selling season tickets. So uh, they are anticipating fans, and we're game planning for fans to be in the stadiums. Commissioner, final question. I'd be remiss not to ask this question, given the the, the social uh, situation the, the, the country is con- uh, currently uh, undergoing with the uh, unfortunate incident regarding uh, the, uh, certain events in, in Minneapolis. Um, how has this impacted you personally? And, and, and has this been somewhat of a discussion among uh, the SWAC brass and, and, and SWAC presidents in, in, any, in, in any respect? 
Yeah, the presidents have uh, had several discussions as it relates to not only Mr. Floyd deaths, but all of the deaths of our young African-American colleagues um, at the hands of brutal brutality and, and, and unjust. You know, growing up as a young person in a newly desegregated Mississippi, I grew up in the 70s as a child in Mississippi. You know, we were kind of one of the last states to, to, to pull it along. Um, I've had interactions with, you know, police that probably were not the best interactions. Yeah. Um, I've said this all along. It is our responsibility to educate the historically underserved. And I think a lot of this, it is uh, from a social and a racial standpoint, but it's also from an economic standpoint. And we now have 11 schools that have the capacity to be able to turn out some of the brightest young minds of color than we've ever had the opportunity to make the impact before. And I think, you know, I've seen a lot of division in the past, but I've also seen this incident bring a lot of people together. When you look at the protesters, it's not just black people out there protesting, it's people of all color. Right. So we as a conference have talked about, obviously being an HBCU conference, it's our obligation uh, to take this and to continue uh, to do things to bring not only light to the situation, but corrective action to the situation. I go back and, and somebody showed me this stat with the addition of Florida A&M, we now have three law schools in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Can you imagine wow. that? Wow. Uh, wow. Texas Southern, Southern University, and Florida a and yeah. What better platform do we have to fight social injustice with three law schools, right? So we're devising some plans. We're going to honor, but I think this is much more than just a statement. This is just much more than a time. It has to be a movement, and I can promise you the Southwestern, Southwestern Athletic Conference is going to be a leader in that movement. Southwestern Athletic Conference Commissioner Dr. Charles McCullen, sir, thank you so much for uh, taking a few minutes to meet with me and, and to talk to us, and uh, good luck to you going forward. No problem, Ken. I want to let your fans know. I know I stumbled a couple of times. That's not a bad interview for somebody <laughs> that's just got his wisdom to. Hey, this is my first time conducting a Zoom meeting, so hey, <laughs> it's all good. I appreciate Thanks it, sir. All right. All right.